following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. When we heed the call and say yes to live from the truth of our hearts, we accept the invitation to deeply relax, trust, and let go of fear, control, struggle, suffering, and separation. Now, here is your host, Sandy Goldstone. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to this week's episode of Sounds of the Heart. As your host, I am delighted to have your beautiful presence and heart's vibration join with mine. As we listen, share and explore in this hour together, I invite us all to join together as one conscious global heart as we take a deep breath in and relax out with a sound. Ah. To gently ground our being in calm stillness. Meeting ourselves in love, as love, what we always are now. Ah. It is so wonderful to feel our hearts become part of the one unified field of love through the breath. Thank you for joining me again today, wherever you are right now on the planet, whatever time it is for you, know that you are greatly welcomed and your presence is celebrated. And it gives me great pleasure to reintroduce a beautiful return guest, Daniel Suello. Daniel Suello is in his 34th year of private practice as an interpretive astrologer, counselor, primal therapist, group leader, and professional trainer. He is an international leader in the use of the ancient and magical art of experiential astrology. He is also a specialist in the reclamation of the sacred feminine, the Shiva-Shakti relationship, and the sacred marriage, while running sacred tours in Australia and India in his spare time. He has a Bachelor of Science and a Diploma in Education. Welcome, beloved Daniel, to Sounds of the Heart, and it's lovely to have you as a return guest. And wow, what an amazing time that we're all in right now, collectively, um, astrologically, energetically, and does it feel a bit intense? Absolutely, certainly. Um, It feels like the... The words for me are trust, truth, and transformation. So welcome to Sounds of the Heart, Daniel. Thank you very much, Sandy. Great to be back. So Orlando, Istanbul, Dhaka, Baghdad, 
and mass transit in Scorpio. Is this what's playing out here or is there something larger at play here? There's always something larger at play, um, but particularly in the context of these outbreaks of, of violence. Um, it's part of, in, in many ways, it's like a, it's part of a massive collective transformation for everybody on the planet that started around 2012. And um, I love what you say about truth because what these big outer events are reflecting back to us is that we all make a contribution to the collective. Mm-hmm. Depending on what we do with our different energies, the different energies within each of us, mm-hmm. and when when violence is writ large on the out on the outer world, the big question is: Well, what does that mean for me? What does that reflect for me? Um, what kind of energetic patterns? are the squillions of people on the planet who are, who are loving and heartful and want the best for everybody. Why is this stuff playing out? Mm-hmm. And, and as you and I know in, in our early discussions, it's like a lot of this reflects the difficulty that all of us have but must face in terms of dealing with our own anger. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about anger here, we're not talking about kind of garden variety kind of irritations. And we're actually talking about deeper levels of both personal and collective rage. Yes. And that's, that's a really challenging word for the average human being. It's like, well, aren't I a good person? Aren't I a nice person? Um, and the truth is Yes. However, um, anger and rage is often, a, and for obvious reasons, like a, a heavily rejected part of our energy systems. Yes. And many of us are afraid of that part of ourselves or we've tabooed it in various ways, which is natural to a certain extent. However, if you understand the origins of these deeper layers of anger, of anger and rage, it comes from a number of sources. Um, and particularly transgenerational influences from our family systems. Um, it comes to us also collectively. And, and in both places, it has a lot to do with not just the wounded masculine acting out these these acts of violence, it comes from as a consequence of <clears throat> having buried the power of the sacred feminine for generations, for 4,000 years of patriarchal culture, and if you're into that, you know, even from our past life records. So from those different sources, each of us carry various degrees of this distorted and initially destructive energy, and which doesn't mean that we're not good people. It means that <clears throat> we are carriers for a lot of unhealed baggage 
in this particular way that contributes to the collective violence that we're seeing. So it's kind of saying to everybody, you know, we have to take responsibility for that. We have to recognize how this operates within ourselves and we have to use whatever spiritual and therapeutic practices are available to us to be able to start to learn how to heal and release this energy. Yes. And when I, you know, it's that, that thing of what happens when we kind of suppress it and repress that, that rage, that energy, it just festers and builds up because nothing is buried dead. It's alive and it, and it just energetically builds in momentum and then it just starts spilling out everywhere that we're consciously aware of it or not and it seems to be that life is really wanting us to become consciously aware of how we direct our energy when we feel enraged that we're not getting what we <laughs> we think we're deserved or what we're entitled to or the image that I have of myself and how that's not getting met and my security and um, safety mechanisms that are attached to that. What happens when I um, don't have that met and I have to find the capacity to nurture and feel whole and still um, lovingly engaged within myself. Like, because we're meeting that kind of internal fracture and division and chaos internally, yes? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> see, one of, one of the current transits that's really strong around this is the transiting Uranus, which is this kind of, bomb-throwing anarchist revolutionary has just lined up with the asteroid named after the goddess, goddess Ceres. And most people will know Ceres as Demeter, who's an image of the great Earth Mother. And, and Ceres in many ways op operates like a second moon, so she's very close to maternal energies, to our relationship to our deepest emotional selves, to the mother in all her forms, including the earth as mother. Now, when something like Uranus crosses a point that has that's so closely connected to our emotional security and stability, um, it's like you know dropping a death charge into these territory to wake us up, mm. to make to alert us to the fact that as human beings we have a a full range of emotional responses from the deepest and darkest to the most exalted. And for anyone to be truly free and whole as individuals, um, anything that's occluded from, from our conscious awareness of self, any part of our emotional self that's rejected, as you said, is going to toxify and come back and bite us. Mm. And, and in a way, this is happening, you know, big time on, on the world stage. Yes, and it doesn't matter how many um, structures or, you know, um, policies or procedures that we put in place to kind of put a straitjacket around that. There is something within this energy that is showing us that we are just part of a, a speck <laughs> in this grand vase um, cosmic interplay and 
And it is grace that is guiding us. It's not that we're abandoned or forgotten or the, you know, this is not about punishment or anything like this. It is about reminding us of what happens when we don't fully feel the fullness of this moment now and allow that to meet that from that place of wholeness in the first place and from that seeing it through the eyes of the divin of the divine that we are. So so there also seems to be a big theme of, you know, there's a lot of suicide that's happening right now and I've been surrounded by that quite a lot. And so there seems to be a theme also of grief and loss and being transformed through that. Is that what's at play here? Oh, most definitely. <clears throat> In the mythology around... Ceres or Demeter, she goes through this gut-wrenching loss when her beloved daughter Persephone is abducted and raped. And, and that act, which is so necessary on some levels, um, takes her into this deep grief where she basically creates a nuclear winter and refuses to step out of that until she's able to reclaim her daughter. So even in the mythology, the, the, the experience of loss in, becomes, you know, another transformative initiation if you, if you can honour the feelings that come with that. Now, um, I'm, I've also been surrounded by a number of significant deaths, you know, literally in these last weeks. Mm. And in the case of suicide, it is the ultimate um, self-destructivity. And this is where the more personal expressions of unhealed rage in us internalizes to the point that we, we act out that violence against ourselves. And it's also why a suicide is such a violent assault on the loved ones of those individuals. It's where this unconscious rage kind of splatters everybody. Yes. And, um, now, I want to say something, Sandy. Well, what's really important in this conversation and for your listeners is that, and for all of us, is that while we're focusing on rage here, it's really important to understand that, like, our rage... Yes, it is a destructive force. Now, some people act this out, you know, like if you think a lot of the ISIS fighters, for instance, mm -hmm. or any, you know, hardcore, violent fundamentalist. Um, however, it's the implosion of this energy that is even more destructive mm. on our health, on the quality of our relationships, on our sexuality, on our capacity for intimacy, and our degree of personal empowerment. Mm. And so when we're talking about the healing of rage, it's, it's not just about detoxifying these parts of our emotional self. It's actually releasing distortions to what is essentially deep, sacred power. Yes, and in doing that, as we release the distortions, whether it's from the masculine or the feminine, then it clears the way 
for a deeper level of individual empowerment that comes because we're more in line with the sacred mm. at the deepest level inside us. Mm. So we're not talking about egocentric empowerment. We're talking about the natural empowerment that comes when a person is infused with the sacred energies of self, much of which is hidden under our distorted or rejected emotional self. Yes, and that seems to be what we're really scared to really encounter. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember one of my teachers, Ajashanti, saying that, um, you know, after, you know, people meeting their fear of fear, the thing that we're most afraid of is meeting ourselves purely and totally as love. Yeah, yeah. And I know I'd add to that, it's, it's also important to acknowledge that working on both accepting and feeling and healing our anger and rage is scary business. Mm. It's really, really frightening. Mm. And, and so it's the deeper layers of it, of it we're not able to do on our, by ourselves. Mm. We often need, you know, good holding from, you know, someone who can hold the space to support us to feel safe enough to go into this scary territory while we learn how to release Mm. the destructivity of it so that the, it's not just power, Sandy, as you know, that that wants to bubble up. It is also the deepest forms of love. Yes, this Absolutely. Is the, one of the great paradoxes underneath our anger and rage are levels of love that are innately transformative. Yes. And so, and so while we've buried that part of self, mm. you know, the, the anger, if you like the Mars part of self, then Venus can't function. The goddess of love can't reveal herself in her beauty and her passion and her gorgeous eroticism because her partner's locked up. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, um, you know, one of the really important things to remember is that we're not our thoughts and we're not our feelings. And so to be, you know, to be held in that, that space of grace to be supported to do that work because I know when I went and did that workshop with you on that weekend it was a profound um, transformational um, uh, release and bringing back into that sense of the reclamation of the, the, the positive power of the energy of um, Saturn and Mars and it just has brought back into my whole being this 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 really deep love. And it's not something that I can put into words, mm-hmm. but it is something that has a ripple effect. And it has left me feeling in this deep place of um, deep uh, relaxation and resting in the arms of the beloved and meeting myself as that and everyone as that. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. I know that feeling. That experience. It's like you, you, you're in love with everybody. 
Yes. Simultaneously. Yes. No matter how crazy and whatever things are appearing, there is something that is that is brought into that field of vision that that um, kind of softens it and there's this gentleness and there's this compassion and this understanding that goes with it and it enables me and we can only speak from our own experience but it's enabled me to keep choosing love and when my mind wants me to engage from a different place there is something within me that goes hang on no this is you know, disengage from the mentalness and see this in its entirety of of harmonizing those energies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In a funny way, it's kind of asking us to love our anger, however hurt and hurtful it can be, as as part of reclaiming a rejected part of self. We don't have to love the aberrations of the energy but to love the source of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way of, of describing this is also really important. My, my friend and colleague, Andrew Harvey, who's pioneers what's called sacred activism, and he describes the transformation of this distorted, toxic form of destructive emotional energy, which includes rage the transformation of that into what he has labelled sacred outrage, Mm. where we can translate our impotency and our frustration at the way things are on the planet into positive, empowered um, expression in the world as sacred activists. Mm that this is part of the fuel for being able to contribute to the collective good. And it comes through instead of old anger and rage as passion, as that kind of fierce um, dedication to, to the truth, you know, of confronting our politicians, of confronting, you know, what is clearly not right mm. um, in the world. And what is not right in the way our governments are treating its citizens, but how what our governments are doing with other cultures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the transformation of anger and rage, um, as it allows us to be able to use this f- fierce energy, and once again the paradox is to use it, be able to use it with great love as well as great clarity. Yes. And we cannot have love without wisdom. Like real love is wise. Like the love within us, the love that is that is true, that is not this kind of um, infantilized, uh, wishy-washy, you know, kind of sentimentality. Love is powerful and it's wise in its discernment. And I feel that that's what we're being called to um, realize as well and there's a deeper calling with, within us to turn within, to listen within and to trust our own intuition and our own inner knowing and our sense of being and 
that we are all interconnected, that we can't keep playing out this illusion of separation. It's it it's death. <laughs> it's just death for the for for everyone if we keep playing that game out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, what we do or don't do with this energy, it will determine our survival as a civilization. Yeah. So how is the Neptune and Pisces square to Saturn and Sagittarius assisting to dissolve the illusion of separation? What um, the quality of Neptune is to dissolve old structures which includes our ego structures that are on the basis of the expression of small versions of ourselves. Mm. So Neptune is the kind of energy that wants to dissolve those structures so we experience ourselves as greater than our old ego self has taught us to believe. Mm-hmm which includes a lot of early patriarchal structures, you know, that contribute to not just our internal scaffolding, but to the kind of defences that we developed to deal with a world like ours. Mm -hmm. And so here's this great dissolving energy of Neptune saying, okay, we're going to dissolve these old structures, you're going to go wobbly for a while, you're going to get all sorts of different emotions coming up. And, um, and this is natural because in the dissolving of these old structures, it's going to allow old stuff to be released out of your system. Mm-hmm. So even though it feels like crap when it's happening or you'll get bouts of anxiety or uncertainty or what the hell is going on, Um, it is part of also a significant psychic flushing. Mm -hmm. And that flushing is so important because it it supports the flushing out of a lot of this old psychic emotional baggage that we all carry, which can clear the way for us to be that much more open emotionally, psychically and spiritually. So ultimately it's a good process in the middle of it, it's like being in constant turbulence. Mm. Mm. Yes, it's like being in a cosmic washing machine for me, <laughs> <Yes>. energetically. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then maintaining your, your centre, you know, um, while you're feeling like you're being tossed around and it doesn't feel like you've got a stable ground underneath you, but you do. You do. It's just that yeah. those old constructs, those mental constructs, those ideas and images are being deconstructed internally and it's it's um and it's also we're seeing that play out on on the um on the world stage right now so yeah we'll look more as we um go to take a break lovelies about um how the divine feminine is playing um into this um shift and change so it's time for us to take a short break now lovelies This is Sandy Goldstone and my guest is the lovely Daniel Suello and you're listening to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone on Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Stay tuned and we'll be back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. 
Sandy Goldstone wants to help you start your true self journey. Sandy works with all issues and ages for individuals, couples, and groups. She is a spiritual teacher and holistic counselor of the Heart's Way in Perth, Australia. It's time to gift yourself with knowing your own lightness of being, beauty, and truth. You can feel relaxed, loving, wise, joyful, and peaceful, whatever your experiences have been or what challenges you are currently facing. Are you ready? Let's do it. Say yes and call or contact Sandy Goldstone in Australia on 011-61420-399-287 or reach out to her on Facebook at Sandy Grace Goldstone and start your true self journey. Right now, Sandy is offering a special gift. Mention the radio show, Sounds of the Heart, and receive a 40% discount on each of your first two 90-minute Skype sessions. That's just $99 to start your true self journey with Sandy Goldstone. For more information or to receive this special offer, email soundsoftheheart at hotmail.com. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You are listening to The Sounds of the Heart. To find out more about our program, visit Sandy's website at soundsoftheheart.com.au. Again, that's soundsoftheheart.com.au. Now, back to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. And we are back, lovelies, with Sounds of the Heart on the 7th Wave channel of Voice America. And I am your host, Sandy Goldstone, talking with my delightful guest, Daniel Suello. So, Daniel, we're going to look at, you know, there's an awakening of the divine feminine happening. And just recently I saw that Pope Francis of the Catholic Church has recently recognized Mary Magdalene, who was previously reviled and regarded as an unclean prostitute, but now has been upheld as an apostle to the apostles. How is this reflective of the awakening of the divine feminine? Yeah, I, I am personally just so delighted with this decision. Like, you know, many of us have known and, and, and intuited there is so much more to, well, to understand about Mary's relationship to Christ and her significance as a disciple. Like many of us have known about her, that this for years and years and years. The fact that the Catholic Church is now consciously, deliberately coming out and claiming her as an equal to any of the other disciples is is just uh, just fantastic. And yes. Astrologically, there it's it's obviously also very very timely because there is actually an asteroid named after her. Okay. And, and that asteroid, for the majority of this year, has been traveling with transiting Saturn. Mm-hmm. And Saturn's a very complex and contradictory kind of symbol and, and part of self because on one level it does represent those old patriarchal forces and beliefs and mindsets. So on one hand Saturn constellates that kind of 
masculinized expression of the Catholic and other churches and other religious traditions. So the fact that Mary, the Mary Magdalene asteroid has joined with Saturn is kind of saying, well, she's pushing up anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing about, the other thing about the Catholic Church, or at least how the Bible represents Mary, and you see a lot of images, it's like, um, it's quite an imbalanced perception that is portrayed by those images of of this being this meek woman who's part of Christ's world. Whereas the more and more you connect with Mary Magdalene energy, which I've had the great fortune of being able to do, the more you come to understand that she was in many ways, a physical expression of what the Indians call the Shakti goddess. Mm-hmm. She was a woman of great power. And, and in fact, I, I, I would not be surprised if she was even enlightened herself before she met the Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I see her as being the Shakti of the Christ energy, his feminine form, you know, whether they're in relationship or not, which is a big question mark around this as well, they were very much a version of the Shiva-Shakti combination. So if we think about Mary, like she is an expression of the great loving and transformative power of the sacred feminine. Mm-hmm. And so she's pushing up underneath these patriarchal structures and say, no, you have to reclaim me. And, and this is where the Pope has, has met that calling. Mm-hmm. And it, it speaks so beautifully also about the transformation of the expressions of the sacred masculine. Because the sacred masculine at its core is not rejecting of the goddess, of the sacred feminine. And so here is a pope claiming her. Mm-hmm. There's more to go, obviously, but I, I just think it's incredibly significant. Now, underneath the sat, this patriarchal layer of Saturn is a much deeper voice of wisdom. And whenever Saturn lines up with anything in in an astrological chart, whether a collective or a personal one, it says we, each of us as individuals, we have to understand, we have to know this part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to claim her, we have to integrate her into our sense of self. Mm-hmm. That she's not separate, she's not a prostitute, she's not someone who's on the outer. So how would you see those values and principles playing out? Is it about, you know, reclaiming our own spiritual sovereignty? Is that part of it? Yeah, yeah. That Saturn inside us is, while we're relatively immature that will align with certain belief systems to get us a sense of security. And and this includes our religious and and spiritual belief systems. Mm, mm. We identify with a structure Mm. 
and that gives us some form for, for the expression of our spirituality. But as we evolve spiritually, we have to drop the old structures and find our own core wisdom. Mm. And part of that core wisdom, um, particularly in relationship to the orthodoxy in the church, is claiming what we know to be right inside us intuitively. Mm. And in that reclamation is like, in, in this case, it's like Mary Magdalene is a part of my own heart. Mm. And, and she is an expression of the goddess, of the sacred feminine in my heart. I must reclaim her to be whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how would that play out um, in how we relate to ourselves and in our relationships, the reclamation of that energy of Mary Magdalene? Oh, <laughs> I have to take a deep breath there. <laughs> um, see, this this is where I'm drawing from from this um, technique that you mentioned earlier. This experiential mm. astrology. Mm. Experiential astrology is a technique that allows you to get in contact with any part of self represented by a planet or an asteroid. Mm. And um, I had the tremendous privilege of being led into an experience of Mary Magdalene using this technique. And I, I, even now, I'm kind of my my, my breath catches in in the beauty of that experience. Mm. And but the experience was was huge not just in terms of her heartfulness, which is transcendent on one level. You know, it's, it's like that all-accepting, all-unconditional love. Mm. And yet at the very same time, she was, she, I experienced her as being very grounded, very earthy, very embodied. Mm. And in my own body as a full expression of this feminine shakti or sacred power, which also had a profoundly erotic quality to it. And when I say erotic here, I'm not just talking about sex. We're talking about the tantric core of our own sacred sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, and in this way, this is where she resonates with the, the Shakti goddesses of India who are unbelievably transformative, enormously heart-opening, but also connect the energies of our sacred sexuality with our hearts and our higher chakras. Mm-hmm. So in my body, I was having this full-blown experience of her energy. And in terms of melting some of my own Saturnian structures, um, I could have been a puddle on the floor, mm-hmm. but an ecstatic puddle on the floor. Mm-hmm. Now, so if you are able to open to that, imagine taking that energy into 
your relationship with your own beloved, mm-hmm. with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then her energy can contribute to in your relating with your partner of not just transforming yourself but contributing to your partner's transformation and heart openings. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's, it's about the inner transformation first and then, and then you can take that energy and direct it in your, in your sacred partnerships like with marriage or and but then it has a ripple effect those kind of that unconditional love meeting yourself as your own beloved and um embodying that that's what we're all being called to do is to be grounded and embody all these energies as we're being reharmonized because you know part of the old gig was to just try and stay in our upper chakras and get the heck out of it because things <laughs> felt so painful and everything and and we were kind of in that place of um, separation with spiritual and and the profane or, or whatever, however we wanted to language it. But now it's seen everything as sacred. Everything is, is one with the all that is and that we are a part of that and we get to energetically choose at which place we want to um, emulate that vibrational energy yeah yeah and and but also it's like just in our own moment to moment state of being it's like if if you're connected to this energy you are radiant with love so yes. even if you're in the supermarket and and you're there in front of the checkout girl and this energy is pouring out from you it's going to you know, it's like being an expression of grace working through your own physical body. Yes, that pure that, illumination. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I hope in that description I've been able to give people a sense of, like, the actual experience of Mary Magdalene as an energy within us, as one reflection, beautiful reflection of the re-emerging sacred feminine. Mm-hmm. And... Well, while we're on this topic, you know, you and I were chatting about Medusa and Kali earlier on, mm. and, um, who have a really horrific meta- um, reputation because of the superficial expression of these goddesses in, in our culture. Like, you know, for instance, Medusa. You know, most of us know Medusa as this Gorgon who you know, is so enraged that she turns men to stone. Mm. And, and yet what people don't know is that this enraged expression of the sacred feminine is a distortion of a much purer set of energy. Mm-hmm. And, and yet the role of Medusa is to show us what happens if we deny and bury the goddess within ourselves and in our culture, when we deny the intelligence of, of the feminine in all her forms, then what is beautiful, life-enhancing energy then turns incredibly destructive. And this is what Medusa and, to a certain extent, Lilith and Kali 
the, the dark face of Kali reflects back to us. Now, our patriarchal culture says, well, these are, this is the feminine. It's demonic. You have to keep burying it, which is a recipe for further disaster, which is why the planet is in such a state. Um, but underneath those enraged masks is a goddess energy that is not unlike how I've just described Mary Magdalene. So, Daniel, in practical terms, how is this playing out for us? Is it, is it you know, the imbalance of us seeing our importance over, the lo- over life itself and being able to think that we can control and manipulate and go outside the universal laws and um, our place within life itself and also how we relate to each other, how we see others as more worthy of receiving qualities and essentials to have a, a prosperous and beautiful life as opposed to to others like that labelling, that intellectual analysis, that stereotyping? How does it, you know, practically play out, this imbalance with the feminine, this this kind of um, revulsion and defiling and bearing? Well, yeah, see, what, what we've often done, and, you know, the last 4,000 years have been a classic expression of this in the same way that we reject certain qualities within ourselves if we see those qualities in others we will reject the outer as well and so if we've buried our rage then it's going to have to come at us Mm -hmm. from the outside world and If we have deeply buried and unhealed anger, it leaks out psychically and emotionally and at times, you know, when we lose control or get too stressed, sometimes physically. Mm. And so that contributes to, to the shadow, the darkness in our civilization. And then there will be certain individuals, classically, you know, we'll use ISIS, for instance, those individual men, they are an outer reflection of the consequence of, of this rejection. You know, you look at any form of religious fundamentalism that has translated into violence against other faiths. It's almost invariably because that initial religious culture has buried the goddess. And so the goddess energy in the culture and then the goddess energy within those individuals turns toxic and destructive Mm. and then fuels these wounded men. Mm -hmm. This This is why there is such viciousness why, um, you know, like, what, it's why people in those situations can do, commit such atrocities mm. with absolutely no heartfulness. Mm. In a way, in those moments, they're acting out the, the distortions to this toxic mix of rejected sacred feminine and wounded masculine. Mm. 
Now, in our personal lives, then that comes out in terms of um, creating obstacles to intimacy, for instance. Because if we've got a lot of buried anger, it sets up those defences. So even when we want to open our heart to someone, there's another part of ourselves that's locking up and deflecting love. Mm -hmm. Because it wants to protect itself from feelings of being hurt or being seen as vulnerable or weak yeah, or yeah. but the the feminine energy is what enables us to be able to to meet those parts from a place of um gentleness and wisdom and discernment and um unconditional love like it's it embraces everything in it and it gives permission to feel everything um, because that's part of the whole of the experience, and that's where the the potential, the creativity lies within that. That's what I see as part of the eroticism, is the creative power that is within that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the um, a friend of mine who also worked with the Mary Magdalene, and she she described what Mary was doing inside herself, this individual, this friend, that Mary was actually gathering all these other rejected fragments and of our wounded, her wounded self and bringing them back into the heart. Mm. And I love that image, all these different fragments being reincorporated into one's heart. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's, that's a beautiful image. Daniel, and it feels like collectively we're we're like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle and we're all being brought back into that one place of, um, you know, being aligned with that universal heart of of divine consciousness and seeing ourselves as we truly are from that place of harmonisation of all of these energies that we've kind of wanted to separate ourselves from or we've become fearful of or or we've become over-identified with as protecting us and, um, you know, giving us this illusion of it stopping us from being hurt. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas love wants to love our hurt. Yes, yes. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. And, and this is where there's this... There's another exquisite part of the collective, um, you know, in talking about, you know, the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine, um, there's an extraordinary lineup that is happening now and which will carry through for the next six months of the year. And it's a uniting of the asteroid, the Shiva asteroid and the Pavati asteroid. Mm-hmm. And what is significant about that is that, that this is the purest expression of what Tantra calls the Shiva Shakti sacred marriage. Mm-hmm. Shiva is the highest expression of the refined, purified masculine. And Pavati is the goddess of the sacred marriage. Mm-hmm. These are the, one of the great archetypals in Hindu culture. And the fact that these two are coming together, they're conjunct, 
which is the most powerful union between these parts of self. Mm. And so the sacred marriage is a theme for everybody on the planet for these next six months. And what that will do is support and nourish any processes to clear and heal, whether it's the masculine and or the feminine in us, mm-hmm. towards that ultimate union mm-hmm. which wants to happen inside each of us. Okay, Daniel, I'm, I'm aware that we're running out of time here, so can you just quickly um, share what your Goddess Tour in India is and what your contact details are? Okay. Um, the Goddess Tours are 16 days of sitting and travelling around a small village outside of Mumbai that has a series of extraordinary temples to the sacred feminine. And each day we work with different goddesses in the tantric tradition and those goddesses' consort energy. So we work with this Shiva Shakti using a combination of local spiritual practices, going and visiting the temples to each of these deities and of opening up to a culture that still consciously is infused with the deep sacred feminine. Okay, thank you, Daniel. So thank you, lovelies, for your heart's loving presence and for sharing in this hour's comforting and illuminating astrological exploration with Daniel. And to remind us that even as we go through these intense times of cosmic harmonisation, rebalancing the divine feminine with the divine masculine, we can have absolute faith that we are lovingly guided and held by life as we birth ourselves anew renewed to the unified heart of universal consciousness. Next week, my guest will be James Baird, energy worker, teacher and author of 13 Breasts to Freedom, a practice that has testified to enliven, empower, nourish and cultivate a deep connection to the divine love within us. Till our hearts join together as one again next week, I send you much love and blessings from my heart to yours. May your week be overflowing with all that you are always now. Love, joy and peace. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Sounds of the Heart. Sandy Goldstone invites you to join her again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Connect to your own divine nature in the coming week and explore within.